Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have on astrologer Ariel Gutman. If you listen to my show a couple of days ago about the chi of our homes and why it matters, I mentioned that I was going to have Ariel on the show, and if you're curious as to why I'm having all of these astrologers on, go back and listen to that show. Because <laughs> as you know, everything I do is exceptionally intentional. So I wanted to have her on the show today and this month in particular, because I consider her a Venus expert. And if you've been listening to the show, you know why Venus is incredibly important right now. And since Venus just went retrograde, it seems timely to have the expert, right, on the show to, you know, give us a little more information about what the hell all this means and what's going on. Maybe. I mean, we don't really know what's going on, but at least we can have a glimpse of some information, <laughs> which is why, uh, real quick, on the last show, and I believe the previous show before that, I mentioned that astrologer Sharita Starr and I, we've put together a fantastic workshop to help you navigate not only this Venus retrograde, but all the retrogrades. It's official. We're in retrograde season. So, you know, shit's hitting the fan right now. So how do you navigate it with ease and grace? This workshop will help you understand what you need to be working on and how to open yourself up to simplification, slowing down, and the big silent listen. So Sharita is going to explain to you what is really going on in the stars, and I'm going to help complement that by utilizing your home with feng shui principles on how to really embrace simplification, slowing down, and the silent listen in conjunction with your home. How rad is that? So all you got to do is hop on over to my website, interiorvibes.com. There's a button right at the top of the homepage that takes you to the page if you'd like to purchase or learn more. Alrighty. Today's guest, as mentioned, is a Venus expert. And what's really cool is that in the early 2000s, she received like this amazing divine download while in meditation from spirit. And it was this download about this incredible planet called Venus. And she was able to take this information and develop a system called the Venus Star Point. Oh my God, it's extremely fascinating. And it further explains who we are, how we operate, you know, it's just additional information. And what I find so fascinating about all these healers that I have on the show is that the universe has literally provided us with the tools and clues and breadcrumbs that we need to better understand things, you know, to maybe get a glimpse of the bigger picture, but we have to choose to see it. We have to choose our truth, which is really what this time frame is all about. What is true for you? What is your reality like? And how do you navigate it with a little bit of easing grace, right? So her website, which I highly recommend that you visit because it's chocked full of incredible articles. Oh my God, I went down a rabbit hole and six hours later, I was like, okay, I need to come up for air. <laughs> but it has so much incredible information. And it's called sophiavenus.com, which literally translates to the wisdom of Venus. She's an incredible planet. She gives us so much. And now that she's retrograde, she's going to tear up shit in our lives that no longer serves us. This is about surrendering and letting go, which is a good thing. This is exceptionally positive. But 
if you don't like change and you keep thinking we're going to go back to normal, this is going to grind you the wrong way. So that's again why I've been doing all of these incredible shows to help you understand and navigate not only the pandemic, but just the energy and the stars. So today, Ariel and I are going to talk about what the Venus star point is, how she learned about it, which is so cool, and why this unique information helps us better translate who we are and why it sets us apart. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hello, Ariel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm very happy to be here and happy to meet you. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to have you on the show. We were talking a little bit at the top of the show before we started recording, and we've actually been trying to schedule this for some time. And um, I was mentioning that whenever that happens, I, I always take a step back and I say, all right, you know, the universe is at play here and they know when you're supposed to be on. And, and I think this is going to be perfect timing. <laughs> I do too, because when we originally thought about scheduling, the world looked very different than it looks today. <laughs> oh goodness. It's completely different. Uh, and I, I think that it's going to be really fascinating considering the work that you do. So, you know, you're an astrologer and I think what's really fascinating is, you know, as I was doing, uh, research on your website, um, you were mentioning on there that you include mythology and archetypes and dreams and all of these really cool insights in your readings. And I was curious, what does that add to the reading itself? You know, how have you found that beneficial when you're reading someone's chart? You know, the planets and signs uh, have a have a history. They were named after, well, the planets were named after the Roman gods, and they came from the Greek gods, uh, who are considered archetypes of, uh, like the Greek pantheon, the Olympian family, and even the signs. They all have stories. And when I was researching this way back in the 80s when I started this research into mythological astrology. Um, A lot of astrology was about key words like Aries is this and Taurus is that and key words like 50 to 100 key words that were all possibilities. But what I found out in researching where did these names come from, where did these themes, why is Saturn interpreted this way and Jupiter interpreted that way, almost as if they were polar opposites, I delved into the stories and found out, well, these, these gods have very rich stories and characters. And so I wanted to include them in the chart and when i saw them acting together because i do use the asteroids the four main asteroids in my chart i've added a few more since then but i started with the original four and when i'm reading a chart for someone and i see these very strong themes or connections to those ancient stories i would start telling them that story and saying you know this has relevance to you do you relate to this at all and they would say, my goodness, that's my life story. And, you know, this just kept happening. And they're all related. I mean, archetypes, astrology is a set of archetypes, the signs, the planets, so is mythology, and dreams. When we have dreams, we sometimes dream of certain archetypes. And and I use dream interpretation by looking at the astrological chart first. And when the person is telling me their dream, I'm usually looking at their natal chart to see, okay, what kind of themes are present there, but also the day they had the dream, what kind of transits or current um, planetary activation was going through their chart at that time. So I've, I've found it to be really useful over the years. And Also, I lead trips to Greece and tours to Greece every couple of years, and we go to the dream centers. We go to the ancient um, temples of the gods, and we do meditations and healing work and explore the archetypes for ourselves. And everybody that comes back from these trips has very deep experiences and very almost life-changing experiences from going there. So that may have been a long answer to a short question, but that's kind of how I combine them. (laughs) 
Well, and I think it's great because it really, um, I think what is really terrific is that you have been doing astrology since the 80s. And I was curious what, what really drew you to it? I mean, you've been in this a long time. Actually, 1974 is when I Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I tell a lot of people that these days. And and it, it so happens that it's longer than they've been alive for a lot of the people that I'm talking to about this. So yeah, it's going on 46 years now. Um, and it was in Greece. It was actually on the footsteps, uh, on the steps of the Acropolis in Athens, uh, visiting the ancient temple of Athena that uh, mythology uh, reawakened in me. And the person I was traveling with was also talking about planets and plant and signs and planetary archetypes. And so astrology and mythology actually came together for me very early on. And this was really my passion. I wasn't so interested in things like financial astrology or medical astrology. There's so many branches of astrology, horary, mundane, although I am a little bit interested in the political and mundane aspects. I work with that too and astrological mapping for relocation for people. But I think my passion with astrology is really the archetypes, the mythological blending, and of course now the Venus work, which uh, is really a dynamic addition to a person's chart. Yeah, that's actually a great segue. As I was doing research uh, on you, um, you wrote a book called Mythic Astrology with, I believe, Kenneth Johnson. And right. mm-hmm. um, that was your first book, but your second book uh, which is all about the Venus star rising. This was actually information that did you receive this in a meditation or where did you receive this information? Uh, I'll just correct one thing. Mythic Astrology with Kenneth Johnson was my third book. Oh, your third and, book. Okay. Yeah, I had two previous to that. One with Jim Lewis on astrocartography, which is the astrology of mapping your planets around the world. And one previous to that, in the late 80s, mid 80s, was uh, astro compatibility, which uh, was really a look at how people connect through astrological aspects, um, like you know compatibility, basically uh, through through astrology. But the Venus star was an interesting thing. It was 2004, and I was about to lead a tour a sacred feminine tour to france and venus was about to go retrograde in gemini that year just as it's about to go retrograde in gemini now this year right now in may and i thought oh okay venus retrograde that's usually a pulling back of something it's not like mercury retrograde people get confused between Mercury retrograde and the other retrogrades, but Venus is a different, has a different uh, meaning when it's retrograde. But I started looking at the, at the chart for the Venus retrograde in Gemini, and then I thought, well, let me look at the last time it went retrograde, and let me look at the time before that, and the time before that. And suddenly, what appeared before me when I got five sequential retrogrades was a five-pointed star, an almost perfect five-pointed star that I had always heard about. Oh, Venus orbits in a, fi- in a pentagram. And I thought, well, what does that really mean? Okay, that's cool. <laughs> it's definitely interesting, but what does that mean? And so I tell you, I kid you not, Amanda, when I started plotting the the points of the Venus, the sequential Venus retrogrades, and got that star pattern and was so wowed by it. I, it just, the information just, I don't know what to call it. It was like a download, a whole volume that is a volume of Venus star rising. It took me seven years to write it. Uh, I, really started to understand the pentagram in a new way and how to work with it in astrology. Because so many planets in astrology have to do with, um, let's say, learning things or 
um, just different experiences that have a person having to uh, define themselves in different ways through growth cycles and all that, which is fine. But Venus really is the heart and soul of our solar system. It's the heart and soul of our close-in kind of universe. Our solar system is like our family of planets, our brothers and sisters to Earth. And I just thought it was so interesting that Venus and the Earth together rotate in this star, which also is the same mathematical equation as what, what looks like a heart, the star and a heart, and the creation principle, the fertility principle, which Venus has always been associated with, the love principle. And really what Venus brings us in life is all the joy, all the things we want in life, all the things that make us happy, pleasure, beauty, grace, the divine feminine. Um, I noticed you were, and looking at through some of your podcasts, that you are very much into design and feng shui and things like that. And Venus has everything to do with that, and especially this Venus star. So... Um, I found that when I was transmitting the Venus star point to people in their charts that I was saying, well, I know you're going through a hard time and you've got all these difficulties and challenges happening here and there in life, but, but focus on this for a little bit. See, see if this brings you pleasure and if, is, is this where your joy is? And again, I found people saying, well, yes, that's really what I would love to be doing that instead of this, you know, <laughs> and so, um, you know, you can work it out. Once you find out your Venus star point, you realize, and I realized for myself, it's a talent I've always had. It's a talent I never recognized I had necessarily because we don't always see our own talents but it was also a talent that other people could look at me and comment on and say, you know, Ariel, you're really good at that. And it's not about why can't I be good at that too. It's more like, but you have your own talent that you're good at and I'm not. <laughs> so it's like our essential inner, uh, what Venus gives us to, to really bring joy, beauty, and really the heart, a heart-centered connection to the world. Wow, that's incredible. So if I'm hearing this correctly, it, it sounds like it's really, um, I'm kind of envisioning like as we, you know, incarnate on this world, we kind of come in with a toolbox and, and Venus is uh, kind of our toolbox that we come in with that is our passion and purpose and how we uh, feed or give heart back to those around us. Is, is that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And let me just, um, do you want me to throw out a birth, uh, an example? Yeah. So you were talking at the beginning of the show, you had asked me my birthday and you said, Gemini something, uh, so yeah, explain to the audience uh, how this works. I'm really fascinated about this because I'd like to know if I'm living my, my purpose. <laughs> okay, so you know that you're a Scorpio. You were born November 6th. Yes. And so that's obviously that's Scorpio. And I didn't even have time to look at the rest of your chart. I just quickly saw, okay, she's a Scorpio son. Um, but when I looked up your Venus star point, it comes up to be Gemini. And Gemini is, <laughs> it's media, it's communications, it's, it's doing teaching, it's, it's traveling, teaching, um, sharing information with the world, podcasting. Um, it's, and, and Gemini sometimes has a hard time focusing on which should I concentrate on. I like all these things. I can do all these things. It's multimedia, multitasking. But um, that's exactly, I mean, the little bit I know about you, which is just through this, this podcast, is that you're in the right place. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, that sounds nothing like me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. I mean, I am. I've got my hands in everything. I've got a YouTube channel and a podcast and I write and I've done books and <laughs> I 
just got my hands in everything. <laughs> so I always tell Gemini, you can do it all, just don't try to do it all at once. But um, because, um, but you're, but compared to Scorpio, your sun sign, what, yeah, I like to look at the two together, the sun sign placement and the Venus star placement to kind of get a picture of a person. I mean, Scorpio really likes to go in depth and really do research and really get underneath something. Um, whereas Gemini can be a little more skimming the surface. Um, but I think you are more than skimming the surface with Gemini because with because of the Scorpio. And so, yeah, there's going to be times when you're going to have to eliminate something and just say, okay, I only have so many hours in the day and this is what I can do right now. But um, uh, I think it's a very good combination. And you're also bringing out information from Scorpio, from hidden realms, you know, things that most people don't really know about. Um, so, and of course, <clears throat> Gemini might have to do with your relationship life too, the Venus star point, because obviously Venus has always had to do with love. And, um, but I call Gemini the sibling constellation. There's usually an important sibling or very close friend that's like a sibling that you're interacting with through your life. Is that true for you? Yeah, and she is a Gemini. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> May 27th is her birthday. <laughs> that's funny. And she is, she's like an absolute sister to me. And I actually, I've done past life regressions and she's traveled with me many times. But yeah, she's a Gemini and uh, she, I mean, we, we joke all the time that we're sisters. Oh, that's cool. All right. And yeah. it's funny, Scorpio, she might even be a Scorpio star point. What year was she born? Uh, 86. Okay, so May 27th, 86. She's a Scorpio. No, she's not. I'm sorry. That was before November. She's a Capricorn star point. Uh, 29 Capricorn evening star, but you're an evening star too. So um, she's Capricorn, you're Gemini, but you're both evening stars. And that's another distinction for Venus. Every A lot of people that know astrology know where their Venus is. This isn't your natal Venus. This is your Venus star point. So it's a, you know, don't, I, I don't want the audience to get confused and go, but wait a minute, my Venus is in Pisces, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, um, the star point is really based on those five positions of the transiting Venus star, which moves very, very slowly through time. And there's only five signs on it in any give, given time. So even now, since 1987, when the last star point changed to the current wheel of where we are now, we've had only the same five points on the star. One of them is Capricorn, one is Leo, one is Scorpio, one is Aries, and one is Gemini. So those are the five star points of our current time. That will shift soon. The Scorpio star points will terminate in the mid-20s and move into Libra. In 2022, the first Libra star comes in, and in 2026, the last Scorpio star appears. So it's a world in transition. Every time this slow moving Venus clock changes a sign on the star wheel, uh, I see tremendous changes in the world. And of course, since I've been working with this system, I've been predicting that the 2020s was going to be uh, kind of uh, turning everything upside down. And it starts right now in 2020. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. I'm curious, what does it mean? Uh, you said we were evening stars. So explain that a little bit. Okay. So if you ever see a very bright object in the sky at night after sunset, that's usually Venus. And right now she is in the night sky and the, she's been dazzling, dazzling, dazzling. And uh, up until like late April, she is visible in the night sky. And then she gets close to the sun. She disappears behind the sun where you can't see her. And then she will come out 
after that conjunction with the sun on June 3rd, it will happen in Gemini, and she will become a morning star visible in the pre-dawn sky. So if you look east in the pre-dawn sky, she's a morning star in that phase, but she's also in the sunset sky um, um, after sunset in the west. If you look west, she's the evening star. Now, they don't happen at the same time, so she alternates. She's either one or the other. She goes nine months as an evening star, and then nine months as a morning star. And it's always like that. She always alternates back and forth. So you were born during the time when she was an evening star. And the ancients had a theory about that. They considered the evening star to be the love goddess. And they considered the morning star to be the warrior goddess. And they were not looking at individual people and charts at that time. They, when they were looking at this phenomena of Venus, they were basically saying that when she's alive in the morning sky, she's closest to the earth, and it's time to take action. It's time to get up and do things and get things done. And, you know, like Carpe Diem, seize the day. And the evening star Venus is much further away from the Earth. She's way on the other side of the sun, actually, when that conjunction happens. And so she's sort of like dancing in the stars, dancing in the clouds. Um, and so there's a more uh, etheric vibration to her. She's really, her, her whole psyche is kind of in, engaged with cosmic principles, whereas the morning star is a little bit more tied into earthly principles, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, you combine that with my Scorpio and I'm never in my damn body. I'm always, woo, I'm out in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm an evening star too, so I can relate. <laughs> People tell me all the time, okay, Amanda, come back to us. Come back to us, Amanda. <laughs> So it sounds like, I mean, you're describing me to a T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now you also have to look at other factors in the chart. Uh, that's one thing that you can't kind of make really bold statements about people uh, just from that. Sometimes if it's very new in the cycle and it just switched over to a morning star from evening or vice versa, then they'll have the qualities of both that they are coming from the morning star placement, but they're developing into an evening star. But you were born long enough, like five months, I think, um, after the actual appearance <clears throat> of Venus in the evening sky, that I would say it's pretty ingrained in you. It's not like a new thing. You, you've had it. You, you know, you, you've, ha you've had it and will have it for, for most of your life. But in some people's lives, when we do what's called progressions, it will change. You know, at some age, it might change for you. Hmm, interesting. Well, I want to talk about we are, uh, this is why the divine timing of all of this is hysterical. I mean, you just got to trust in the synchronicity of divine timing here. Um, as we were talking a minute ago, Ariel and I have been trying to do this show for a while and it just, we weren't meshing up very well and here we are we're finally recording and we're now in a mercury retrograde or excuse me venus retrograde and so right. we've been talking about venus and all of her beautiful qualities um i do you know uh i have venus i, don't, I can't remember if it's the fourth or the fifth house but whichever one is home and family is which you know which i've been told many times is why i'm a designer and feng shui and all of that but she has all these beautiful qualities about luxury and lifestyle and beauty. And here we are now in a retrograde. So tell us a little bit about what that means and especially what it means, you know, just with the overarching energy of 2020. Okay. That's a good point. Um, May 12th to June 24th is a 42 day period that Venus will be in retrograde in Gemini, the sign Gemini. And if you know your chart, the degrees, it goes from 21 Gemini back to five Gemini. So it basically is really all, the whole retrograde is within the sign of Gemini, which is an air sign. 
it is about social contact. It is about information. It, as I said, the sibling constellation. It is about um, the air, the air in general. Um, what I think of is a 42-day cycle, usually 40 to 42 days. And when the first day is when it's stationary, not moving, but about to go retrograde. And then the last day is stationary, not moving, about to go direct. So if you take the 40 days in between where it's actually moving backwards, you are doing a 40-day, I often think, of a review. Not like Mercury retrograde, but it's a heart-centered kind of thing. Am I getting out of life what I'm putting into it? Is my heart happy? Is my heart happy in this relationship, in this job, in this living situation, in this, and I don't just mean love relationship, with my neighbor, with my family, with my um, boss, with my, uh, whoever you're spending time with on a everyday basis. And so Venus retrograde often points out to us uh, really, the heart is speaking over the mind because the heart is saying, what is it that would give me more joy and more pleasure? And the other part is true as well. The, the idea that you will have the revelation during the Venus retrograde period of what is giving your life the most joy and pleasure and making a commitment then to... Uh, rearrange your life if necessary to get more of that, to really commit to that. And so it's, it's that kind of thing. And I think in now, in 2020, as we see what's been going on, you know, air traffic has been grounded and people aren't being able to connect with one another personally, this social distancing period we've been through. And all of this going on right now, I think during this Venus retrograde cycle, many new things are going to come out of it that by the end of June that we're going to see really affecting the world and relationships and how we connect. And I think one thing I'm hearing, not only the beauty of the quality of the air that's improving and the environment in so many different places, you and I spoke about that earlier and both agreed that we're very passionate about the the earth and the environment and so we want to see things on that level happen and this is one way that it is happening when you know we're forced to just stop in our tracks and do things so i think this venus retrograde this year is really important in terms of a re-evaluation because it has to do with values so it's a re-evaluation for really the whole planet uh, on what's important in life it seems extremely timely like the perfect timing for it to occur um i think the last one that we had uh that was kind of pivotal was 2018 but it was a different year and so when we combine it with everything that's going on already in 2020, I feel like it's hitting at the perfect time to really help us, like you said, reevaluate and reassess and really get rid of the shit that doesn't serve us. You mm -hmm. know, all mm -hmm. of the accumulation and all the things that we've been conditioned to think that we have to have for happiness. I think this is going to be a, a great purging for a lot of people to really you know, take a step back and say, okay, what really serves me? What really serves my heart and makes me happy? And I think the timing of us being forced to stay at home, I think our hearts are going to soar from Mother Earth. And mm -hmm. I may be Pollyanna about that because that's what I really want to happen. But, <laughs> you know, you just know, this we emerging. Have hold on. No, we have to hold on to that vision. You have to. We have to hold on to that vision. I think That's that just being able to, thing. you know, being forced to stay at home, uh, to really, 
I'm, I'm doing it now. I, and I always, you know, I've, I've had the show for 10 years. I'm constantly telling people to connect with their nature spirits and, you know, have a love affair with nature and hug a tree and get weird and, you know, do whatever is necessary. But I think that this is almost like, uh, a forcing of nature like mama earth is like all right everybody go home and think about what you've done and i'm going to take a breather and it's forcing everybody to say wow look how beautiful those trees are look how beautiful that bird is look at the amazing deer in our backyard like i, I think it's forcing us to really um see nature because we've been too damn busy on our phones and our to-do lists and all the things that don't serve us and don't bring us joy, but instead bring us a lot of stress and a lot of angst. And we're being forced to really all take a deep breath. And the thing that I love is a minute ago, you were talking about the idea of, you know, the stars, you know, all of these planets being our family. And, you know, I was kind of visualizing how in my mind, as you were talking about the beauty of Venus, she really sounded like the matriarch, like the one that's the nurturing and, and the, 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 the mama bear up there. And one of the things that I noticed on your website is you were talking about how Venus is the heartbeat of the earth. And, you know, I love that because I think that now, given the circumstances of everything that's been going on, uh, and being told to go home and, and, you know, our world being turned upside down. I think that this unprecedented time is, is really, it's revealing so much to us. And so I mm -hmm. love the idea that it's the heartbeat of the earth and she's going in retrograde. Yeah. Well, really the heartbeat of the earth for sure, because it's she and earth that make this beautiful star pattern. It's actually a twosome. It's a cosmic dance between us and earth. I mean, us on earth and Venus that makes this star pattern as we, as they both travel around the sun. And so it's really the heart, the heartbeat Venus and us create the heartbeat of the of the solar system of the whole cosmic solar system, but yes, it is that. And uh, something else you just said would just you know made me realize that um, again, confirming for me how important it is to just be in this heart presence and to feel that. And I mean, Venus has. A mind, uh, the heart has a mind, is what I was going to say. Um, they've measured it. They've actually, at things like the Heart Math Institute and other places, they've measured the vibrations coming out from the heart, much more powerful than the ones coming from the brain. And so the heart does have a brain. And it's more like we get in touch with that now during the Venus retrograde periods, especially because it is closest to the Earth. It's like Venus descending down from the heavenly heights, coming closest to the earth, being seen in the morning sky, and passing on her message to earthlings. And, uh, you know, all the religious practices, the Old Testament, the New Testament, um, in Islam, in, in Buddhism, every single book, sacred book, has some kind of a 40-day period of I guess you could call it equivalent to Lent. Like, and it's almost like we're giving up a certain indulgence or a certain pleasure or something we're holding back from. And maybe that's part of the Venus retrograde too. I think it might've had some connection with, because the ancients were all sky watchers and they could, you know, they could measure and track what Venus was doing and they recorded it. But it's not, like to really deny yourself earthly pleasures but it could be i think now it's more about <clears throat> because venus is so much about connecting with people and doing things for them that makes us feel better about ourselves it's like let me do this for you let me help you well of course we have to help each other now we've been in a crisis we've been in a huge crisis but I think the Venus retrograde is also about self-care. What do I need to do for myself? Um, how much energy have I been putting out to give to others or to extend to others? And now how much do I need to kind of dial that back and 
take care of myself. Mm. Sounds glorious if you ask me. I mean, I, I think it's kind of thunking everybody on top of the heads to <laughs> get their stuff Self straight. Self-care keeps us healthy and keeps our immune system strong. And the, and, the, and the most interesting thing to me about this virus is that the, if we can do that self-care, there is a goddess or an asteroid named Hygieia, which, which actually means health. Uh, our word hygiene in English comes from, from Hygieia. But she was very prominent in the chart of the beginning of this virus when, when it first was announced in China. And I think that it's so interesting that Hygieia is such a part of this. And she's in Gemini now with the Venus retrograde in Gemini. And so they're, they're kind of sharing space at this point. And so I think Venus is retrograde message in Gemini this time along with Hygieia is um, about hygiene and cleanliness and uh, not just for ourselves personally, but how we are taking care of the planet, how we are cleaning it up. I think it's fabulous. And I think that we're going to be able to learn a lot from this. I'm just curious, you know, with your years of astrology, um, you know, we come out of the Venus, actually, I don't even think we fully come out of it before we go into our next Mercury retrograde. How does that typically play in? Because Mercury is also one that, you know, really wants us to reassess and reevaluate and, and maybe revisit things. So how can that stacked on that Venus retrograde help us to further uh, what we've learned or what that lesson is um, forward for us? It's a very emotional year for Mercury, who usually is not emotional. Mercury, we think of as the mind and logic and transferring messages and things like that. But Mercury this year goes retrograde three times in water signs. And so it connects to the watery principle of feelings. Um, in February to March, we had the first Mercury retrograde of the year, and that was in Pisces. And this this next one is in cancer and as you say is, is we're just coming out of the shadow of the venus retrograde and we go into the shadow of the mercury retrograde in cancer and then the fi final one this year is in scorpio and i think that what is really interesting about this is that when uh, my colleague and i did a forecast on the on 2020 the overview and we were looking at the year ahead uh started working on it maybe in december maybe even november and i remember looking at the 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 year ahead and going holy cow we don't have one season or one month hardly this year where anything <laughs> is normal it's right? all so chaotic and so <laughs> retrograde and so you know we go from heavy conjunction to an eclipse a couple of eclipses to a retrograde then to another heavy conjunction then to another retrograde then to another retrograde and more eclipses and then another retrograde <laughs> i, I mean Winter, spring, summer, fall. All four seasons this year have something. <laughs> yeah, and then we go right into Mars. I mean... The Mars retrograde, yeah. Finishes the year up right around election time, which will I make... I know. And Mercury. <laughs> Mercury is retrograde for the three weeks leading up to election. It goes direct the day of election, which means it's stationary, which means people haven't even figured out which, which way it's going. And it's, it's the most confusing election day uh, pattern since the year 2000. Wow. And I, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't even really gotten to that last Mercury retrograde. I've just been kind of focusing on Mars because, you know, Mars can be such an aggressive planet and such big thing. You know, every time I, I personally go through a, a Mars one, like I hunker down. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty aggressive. And, you know, a, a lot of things can be quite explosive during a, a Mars one. And the last the, in 2018, when we went through a Mars uh, retrograde, like I was prepared, I thought 
I should say, I thought I was prepared. I knew it was coming. I, you know, I was bracing myself and I still wasn't prepared for <laughs> what occurred under it. And I was like, oh, good God. And so when I found out we were having another one this year, I was like, oh, good God. Like, I got to prepare myself. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, this time Mars is retrograding its own sign in Aries. And so it's really pretty potent in Aries. And, um, but it's retrograde. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what comes out of that one. But when I looked at all these things, I thought, one day at a time, boy, this year, I can't even look ahead to even three months from now or six months from now because things are so uh, up, you know, so dynamic and so potent almost every day that of the year that we just really do have to take one day at a time. And I think that's the main thing for people to focus on during this now is not to do too much future tripping and wondering, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? What about my plans? I think it will all settle down. I do believe it will. But uh, we have to just kind of take it in, in the moment for now. Yeah, we just got to get through this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you said take it one day at a time because uh, typically when I do my podcasts, I typically try to record two to three weeks before I put them up just so that, you know, I'm not racing against the clock to organize all this and do all the editing and get them scheduled. And I've noticed that this year I've had to be very cautious in how I record because literally one week goes by and the world looks totally different. Right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so bizarre how that's working out right now. So I'm just like, okay, well, it is what it is. We just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this has been really fantastic, Ariel. I was so excited to finally be able to connect with you and, and talk about um, all of your expertise. And, and I um, thank you for doing the, the Venus Star Rising. I think that that's really fascinating. And I'm happy to hear that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Um, but, you know, if people are interested in getting uh, their chart read or, or learning more about uh, their Venus Star, how do they find you? How do they uh, connect with you? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. I almost always forget to <laughs> tell them, but <laughs> I'm sure yourself. people are going to want to look up their Venus star points anyway. But at my website, which is sophiavenus.com, and you'll probably have that posted at the end of this podcast, it's S-O-P-H-I-A, venus.com. They can look up their star points. They can sign they can get the book either the, the they can either get the kindle version or the pdf or the 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 full print version which has all the diagrams and charts in it uh the other two are abridged the pdf and the kindle are sort of an abridged with it's more like getting straight to your star point and what does that mean for you and how do you connect with relationships on that and that sort of thing. So all of that is available at sophiavenus.com. And um, I hope to hear from some of the people. If you do contact me, mention that you heard me on this podcast. It's always nice to, to know where people are coming from. Yeah, and I just want to mention uh, Ariel and I were not able to do this on video. I've been trying to do some of my podcasts on video, but... Uh, because so many people are on the internet, it's been very difficult for me to do because the calls drop out. So she put together some fantastic graphics for today's show, and I will be including those on the show notes. So there will be links to all of that. Uh, you can just go over to our website to find that. Ariel, thank you so much for saying yes to this and coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Amanda. And, you know, have a have a good Venus retrograde, everybody. And uh, let's see where we are by, you know, towards the end of it, because I think um, I think it's going to be a potent one and some some really, you know, not just heavy stuff coming down. It's Venus rains beautiful things on us as well. So Here's to, here's to hoping for beautiful, luxurious things. Well, just the beauty of the simplicity even of life and what's important, you know? 
our, our closest relationships, the love we have, the, the, like you were saying before, the appreciation of nature and maybe clean air and all those things that are so important for our survival. Mm, amen to that. Yeah. In the end, only three things matter. How much you loved, how gently you lived, and how gracefully you let go of the things that are not meant for you. Buddha. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today. I know I did. I found Ariel just absolutely fascinating. And I love the idea of this Venus star point, um, especially now that we are in uh, Venus retrograde season. Not only is she retrograde, but many other planets are also retrograde. And it's all about letting us see what we need to let go of. So many things that we cling to and they do not serve us. So, you know, the universe is just coming in and rattling things, shaking things up to force us to surrender, lean in, and let go. (laughs) Positive changes, y'all. It's all good. So again, don't forget about the workshop that Sharita and I put together. If you are, you know, experiencing grief, which I think is going to be expected, given that things are not like they used to be. So we may grieve the old ways and, you know, we're experiencing a new paradigm, birthdays, holidays. We've got actually a couple of holidays coming up like Memorial and 4th of July, birthdays, weddings, graduations, and they're going to look different. So this is going to stir up and trigger some different emotions within us. And, you know, just the season that we're embarking on with all these retrogrades, you know, relationships are going to fall away. Jobs are going to change. People are likely going to move. There's just going to be a lot of changes. Again, all good. Embrace it with an open heart and know that it is meant to be really good for you. These are the things that do serve you. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today. I know I did. And if you like the show, please go on over to iTunes, take the time and please subscribe or leave us a review. It helps people find the show. And, you know, I've been doing this show for a long, long time. And the whole reason that I've been doing it and continue to do it is because I want people to be able to find spiritual matter that is good for them, helps them ascend and helps them find their own truths. We have so many holistic modalities that serve us and a lot of westernized modalities that do not. So the whole point of this show, the reason I do it is because I'm hoping that each one of you ascends in a positive way and changes the lives of someone around you in a positive way as well. All right, everyone, if you're interested in getting a floor plan reading or learning more about me, please head on over to my website, interiorvibes.com to learn more. I've also got a fantastic YouTube channel. It's called Amanda Gates Feng Shui. If you'd like to watch just some snippets of videos, I've also got some other uh, podcasts up there as well, audios and things like that. If you'd like to learn more about that, just head on over to YouTube, Amanda Gates Feng Shui. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.